Good evening and welcome to A Story at Midnight. The tale this evening is called Don't Look Back. It was written by Neil Weeding and is narrated by Roger Ems. Do enjoy and sleep well. As the crescent moon began its emergence from its obscurity behind a bank of clouds, the air began to awaken from its slumber and a breeze caressed its way gently down the valley. The distant clatter of the settled to Carlisle railway tracks could be heard as the 10.52 rattled past. It had been raining earlier, and the moistness in the air could be felt at the back of the throat. Zack was tired, and he'd driven from Hampshire that day. He pulled out a map and shone his head torch onto the paper. Wharfdale was nowhere near, and he was right in the middle of the Ribble Valley. Zack was still angry at his friend James for his bad navigation and underestimation of the distance to the nearest garage. The echo of James's words still reverberated in Zack's head. Oh, come on, mate. We've still got 20 miles in the tank. Push on. There's bound to be a petrol station soon. Zack would only laugh if he wasn't so angry. Mrs Davis of the Felon Lamb B&B would be thinking we weren't showing up. James took out his mobile phone and it seemed as if they were in a signal black spot. Whichever direction he pointed the phone in, the signal strength just wasn't there. There was no sound other than the rustling of the woodland ahead. The wind had picked up and in the woods, Zack heard a distant sound. It sounded like wailing. Zack turned to James and stared at him with disapproving eyes. Well, don't look at me, James scowled. I'm too shattered to fool around. Well, what was that then? Zack whispered. It's getting closer. Zack turned and looked again in the direction of the woods. There, did you see that? Oh, oh no, what, mate? You're seeing things. Or are you just getting back at me for being lost? Don't be stupid. I'm serious. I'm cold, I'm wet, I'm very, very tired. I've done most of the driving, and you sat on your lazy backside for most of the A1. Zack grabbed James and turned him around. Now you stand there and look at the woods. Don't look back and just watch. James obliged and stood still. The wind had picked up now even more, and they suddenly noticed that the wailing noise had got closer. At first it sounded like the wind, but became very distinctive. As they both stood there, frozen to the spot, beads of sweat began to travel down their brows. Oh, goodness me, cried Zack. I can see something. There, just there. Could you see it? No, explained James. But I'm not staying here. I'm going back to the car. James turned and began to walk at a fast pace back towards the car at the entrance to the lane. Wait, said Zack, I'm coming with you. You're scaring me, James exclaimed. I'm not staying here another minute. At this point, Zack felt something brush against the side of his head. Oh, oh no, something touched me. Zack looked at James. You know what I just said to you? What? Don't look back, just keep walking. 
James nodded and his breathing became deeper. The wind was quite strong now and they both felt compelled to quicken the pace and they began to run. Slowly at first, but then again something touched Zack's left ear. They both started to run, much faster, and Zack screamed, It touched me again! Oh, just run! Zack felt his chest tighten and he clenched his palms and started to look around. He could see a dark shadow in the corner of his eye. He looked ahead and mumbled under his breath, Don't look back! Don't look back! Zack could see James at his side, running and panting. The wailing began to get louder, and echoes reverberated around the lane. There were still no other sounds, as if all nature had abandoned the area to escape. No signs of any life at all, no people, not a single sound other than the wailing in Zack's ear. Then James fell and screamed out in pain. He yelled out, Keep going, get to the car and come back and get me. Zack nodded as he looked forward, focusing on the car in the distance. He wanted to look back, but didn't want to face the reality of what was happening. There was still something there, touching Zack as he ran. The ice-cold feeling on his body was more and more intense. The wind was picking up, but as Zack continued to run, his eyes were looking in all directions and he subconsciously noticed that although the wind had got worse, the trees in the lane were not swaying to match the intensity of the wind around him. Zack could hear James as he seemed to struggle to get up. Zack had to stop and look. He just couldn't leave James there. He stopped and with a deep sigh turned round. What confronted his eyes was something Zack couldn't have imagined he would ever see. The dark shape was standing over James as he struggled to get up. As James pushed himself upwards, the shadow lifted what appeared to be a clenched fist and drove it into James's body. With that, James squealed and fell to the ground motionless. Zack screamed, No! No! He started to run towards the dark figure, but it began to look up, opened its mouth, and an ear-piercing screech came out. Zack stopped and realised that he needed to continue to run. He turned towards the car and ran as fast as he could. At that moment, Zack realised the shadow was with him, and he felt tightness around his throat. His body lifted from the ground and he was suffocating. The last words he ever heard were from the dark shadow. You were told by your friend not to look back. You should have listened to him. Edited by Sue Rodwell-Smith, A Story at Midnight was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntingdon, Cambridgeshire.